You're listening to a sermon from Plus Life, a church that exists to see lives changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our prayer is that you will be stirred in your heart and renewed in your mind as you hear the preaching of God's word today. My sermon this morning, To Old Age and Gray Hairs. To Old Age and Gray Hairs. So just a quick reminder that after the service, we do have a members meeting. And we do need to have a a certain amount of members at that meeting uh, in attendance to have quorum and be able to vote on certain things. So if you are a member of Plus Life Church, please stick around um, and and be in attendance for that. Now, in addition to that, after this sermon, this is the last part of our series of Faith for All Seasons. And after that, we're getting into the Christmas season, of course, and we're going to have some standalone sermons in the following month leading up to the new Year. But as I mentioned, this is the last sermon to, our, to the Faith for All Seasons series that we've been going through and looking at the various life stages of an individual's life, of a Christian's life, but also seeing how our faith ought to evolve and change and mature in those various life seasons. We started at the very beginning of life with children and, and, and um, that stage of life where 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 children are, are very much very uh, susceptible to truth and, and even lies, really. And so the, the, the call for us as a church is to, de- to develop, to disciple, to teach the young um, as they're growing older. And at the same time, the next season that we looked at was of youth or young adults, and, and we sort of put that all together in the season of singleness and the call and purpose for that season, for those who find themselves in that season, to fully devote themselves to the work and call of God, to the kingdom of God. And of course, last week we talked about adulthood, not just parents, but those who are later in years who have dependents as, as much as, not maybe not so much kids, but maybe they're taking care of older parents or they have a career already established and all of these things. And, and of course, we looked at the call and the value and, and, and the vision that we want to set for those people groups in our church. And this, this uh, sermon, this last sermon of our series, of course, is on um, the old age, on seniors, on the elderly of the, uh, of the church. And um, these are those who are entering into sort of retirement age, or maybe they're already in that stage of empty nesting, uh, or, or however way that looks like, where their kids are grown up, they're adult kids, and they've, they've moved out, and, and they're, they have some extra free time now, and, and the only concern really maybe is to spoil their grandkids, right, or take care of kids, their grandkids, and, and maybe the, the mortgage has been paid off, or maybe they're more financially stable or financially secure, all of these things, very good things, I'm looking forward to it, if ever, by the grace of God. God, I get there. But I also know that it's maybe not the best of times at times uh, or best of seasons at times because even though there isn't any more dependence, oftentimes you become a dependent of your own in a sense. The body stops working as well as it used to. You're, you're visiting the doctor um, for more checkups more often. And, and of course, you're, you're more cautious about what you eat, of how you move even. Uh, I, I felt, I sort of felt that way last week when we did volleyball, right? It just, man, I'm, 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 I'm not there yet, but oh man, I, I, know, I know some other guys uh, after playing volleyball, very sore, especially sore losers, right? So... Um, 
But, but you know, we're, we're at that stage, or, or, or maybe you're at that season, you're at that stage of life where, where, yeah, you need to be more cautious, and you're more aware of how your body is functioning, and it's not working as it used to do, or to be, and maybe you're thinking more so about your legacy, and what you're leaving behind, uh, what you're leaving behind to your kids. This is the season of seniors, of the elderly. And this, this season actually is, uh, holds a very special place in my heart because I feel like most of the churches that I have grown up in, the majority of the congregation have been the elderly, have been those seniors. And, and I, I, I have the, the privilege of having those seniors have uh, invest into my life growing up in, in the faith. And so it, it, it really does hold a, a special place in my heart. And they deserve uh, a lot of attention, no doubt out, especially in a world that tries to write them off, uh, in a culture, in a society where it presents sort of the senior years as something to be despised or even to be dreaded, right? You have all these men and women trying to reverse years in their life, right? They're, they're, they're getting plastic surgery done to, to look younger. They're getting their hair colored just to, 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 to look younger, behave younger, all of these things, all very superficial, all for the sake of avoiding that appearance of elderly look or the, the senior look. And of course, it, most of the times, the world sees those seniors as a burden, as, as again, as I said, dependence. Most of the culture, oftentimes, it's like once you get into that age, get ready to go into a nursing home. There isn't a, a sense of, an, or even a need to take care of that. And that was so very much visible in, in the last couple of years during the pandemic when we saw these, these retirement homes, the elderly in those homes get hit the hardest in the pandemic, and the majority of the deaths that we saw in the pandemic was a result of the elderly passing away, being left um, in, in, the, in the retirement homes to, to, go through this, to, that, to go through that pandemic. And we even hear news about elder abuse and, and the things that people do to, to the elderly, to those who are left alone. Um, and of course, not just physically disregarding them, but even mentally. Oftentimes, and this happens with almost every generation, right? Every new generation looks down on the previous generation, looks down on the, the traditions and the wisdom of the past generation. They don't understand, right? They don't know what we're going through. They don't know what they're talking about, right? They're, they're senile old people oftentimes is what kids say these days. Or, or there's a phrase that's going around, okay, boomer, right? You, maybe you've heard of that where they sort of just dismiss or mock specifically the baby boomers or the, the, the generations of the past or any, any, any of the, 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 the mindsets or the, the, the thoughts of, of the old generation. And the reality is sometimes that creeps into the church as well. Maybe not the whole physical abuse part, of, you know, God willing and, and, and by God's grace, but the disregarding of values and traditions. Oftentimes these you know, sort of these new and up-and-coming churches are all about what's trending. And for the next generation, the larger churches are oftentimes directed towards the next generation, what's appealing to the next generation. Meanwhile, pushing seniors out to the fringe and, and pushing seniors and senior members out to, to, the, to sort of the outskirts of the church community. And that should not be the case. We know, as we've been talking about in this entire series, that the Christian life is a, is, is a long journey. 
a long journey that goes start, that starts from childhood and, and comes to until Christ calls us home or he returns. And we and the church itself is composed of various various Christians in different seasons of life and different seasons of their faith. And even in scripture, we know for sure that the elderly, the seniors, are not written off. I mean, Moses, it says in, in Deuteronomy that Moses was 120 years old when he died. And it says, yet his eyes were not weak, nor his strength gone. And then even Caleb, Caleb, uh, the partner of, of Joshua entering into the promised land. He was 85 years old. And in Joshua 14, it talks about how he still wanted to go into battle. He still wanted to claim the mountain that was promised to him so many years ago. And of course, as we'll see in, in the New Testament, it's even more emphasized in the early church and how we ought to treat the elders of our church, the seniors of our church. And the Bible calls the young, us, our, our generation, to respect and to honor elders. We read about this in Leviticus 19, verse 32. You shall stand up before the gray head and honor the face of an old man, and you shall fear your God. I am the Lord. There's a direct call from God himself to honor and respect those who are of, of later years. Not only that, we're called to take care of the seniors of our church, of our families, to take care of the elders of our communities. In, in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8, it says, but if anyone does not provide for his relatives, this is speaking, by the way, in the context of those who are widowed, of those who are elderly, if, if, if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an un believer. Paul gets to the point, he says that if you are not taking care of the elderly, you're just like the rest of the world. And as a church community, as a culture that we are trying to cultivate in plus life, we do not want to be like the rest of the world, especially when it comes to the seniors of our church. So the hope and purpose for our, our, our sermon this morning is twofold, really. It's first to encourage those who are in this season, in the senior season of life, to give a biblical perspective of the value, the vocation of the senior years of life, and to remind you of your biblical call in that season. So that you can, so that you can not just feel proud, but feel, feel privileged about that season, not dreading or desiring to, to go back to the younger years. But to, to, to grow in age with wisdom and grace. But also to be reminded for those who are in that season of life that you are not forgotten. That this stage of life is not a write-off. It's not, it, it, you have not lose, lost any value in the eyes of the Lord. But you still, even in this stage of life, still have purpose. Still have uh, value um, to the church of God, to the kingdom of God. Now secondly... The other reason, the other purpose of our sermon this morning is for those who are not yet seniors to push you to honor and to respect and to seek wisdom and guidance and counsel and encouragement from those who are older in the faith, to learn from their experiences, to be guided by them, to be open to guidance by them, but also to set a vision for all of us of what to aspire to of what to strive towards, of how to age again with grace and much wisdom. And I think that's what our passage is about in Psalm 71. Just someone say jump for me quickly. 
In Psalm 71, the context of this, though it's unclear about who actually authored this psalm, most scholars would agree that this was a psalm of David. David in, in his elderly years, possibly during the time of Absalom's rebellion. And, and there, some of that actually does come off in our passage if you, if you read over it again. But speculation aside of who the author is, Spurgeon says this is really the prayer of an aged believer. The prayer of someone who has been through it all, who has experienced much, who is, as we'll see, is very much old. As he writes in verse, look at verse 9 with me again. He's right, he, he writes, Do not cast me off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength is spent. And in verse 18, he repeats the same thing. So even to old age and gray hairs. This is someone who has experienced it all who has now reached that, that, that fine age of, of, of seniorhood. And, and he's speaking, and he even speaks of his past in a longing way, or maybe not in a longing way, but in a fond way. Verse 5, he says, For you, O Lord, are my hope, my trust, O Lord, from my youth. And what we get from this psalm is a, an example of what faith should look like in those later years, a perspective, a, a demeanor of how a believer of old age should carry them selves in. And so again, from this passage, we, from this chapter, we get the value of seniors, the value of seniors. What is the value of seniors that is communicated in our passage? It's clearly that there is wisdom from years of experience. There is much wisdom from years of experience. Look at verse six to seven with me. It says, upon you I have leaned from before my birth. You are he who took me from my mother's wombs. My praise is continually of you. I have been as important to many, but you are my strong refuge. Important there, if you don't know the word, means a sign. And he's exclaimed that all the way from his youth, God has, has been raising him up. God has been with him. God has been teaching him. And he has that years of experience now that he, has an old, that he is an old man. Wisdom comes with age, and, and rightly so. The Bible even says, wisdom is with the age and understanding in length of days. Older believers have the value of having a lifetime of experience in which younger believers can glean from, can learn from. And, you know, to be clear, personal experience does not replace biblical truth or revelation, but rather it proves it. It's the tangibility of the truths we find in Scripture. Our experience is evidence, it's proof of the truths found in God's Word. So though, it, though the experience of the elderly is not superior to the Word of God, it's wisdom from that experience, from the experience of seniors that is beneficial to the life and growth and maturity of younger believers. It's, it's why we're discussing about affiliating with, with, with Feb, right? Because we want to be able, as a church community, to learn from uh, experienced pastors, experienced churches who can grow and mature our, and help and mature our church. I get, again, I, I believe some modern-day churches have forgotten the value of seniors, of the elderly. They're moving towards the trends, what's popular, what's... what's What's exciting for the younger generation. And again, the churches who oftentimes, they, those kinds of churches oftentimes forget those who are of senior years, of the, of the past generation. Churches who do pay attention to the elderly, I've seen at least from previous churches too, 
Although they have programs, it's oftentimes just to entertain or to placate seniors into thinking that they, they are cared for, that they are part of the church. But it's, it's more so isolated, it's more so in their own corner. But from what we see in Scripture, that's not the pattern or the design. From Scripture, we see that, that, that the elderly, that the seniors are, are very much involved in the growing in the life of the church. And a great example of that is the, in, in 1 Timothy chapter 5, something called the Order of the Widows. The Order of the Widows. I think we've talked about this in the past. In the past. It says in 1 Timothy, Timothy chapter 5 verse 9, Let a widow be enrolled if she is not less than 60 years of age, having been the wife of one husband and having a reputation for good works. If she has brought up children, has shown hospitality, has washed the feet of the saints, has cared for the afflicted, and has devoted herself to every good work. Historically, in the early church, there was something called the order of widows. And as we just read in, a, in our passage here, that's what it's talking about. This, was, this order was comprised of widows, female widows, who were uh, over the age of 60. And their primary role in the church was to, to, to pray ceaselessly on behalf of the community. They were the, considered the spiritual mothers of the early church. Although their ministry was not involved in church governance, they exercised spiritual authority and influence in, the, in, in, in their ministry and in, in their communities in other aspects. These widows, they, they made house visitations. They, they comforted those who were mourning. They, they fasted and prayed with the sick and gave practical instruction to younger women of the church. These enrolled widows were so much honored to the point that in the regular services, in the regular liturgy of the church, they sat in the front alongside with the elders and the deacons of the church, the pastors of the church in the places of high honor. In the early church, a common metaphor given to these, to these widows was literally the living altars of God. Because when repentant parishioners would come and they were convicted by the Holy Spirit, by the word of God, they would come to the front and, and, and weep on the lap of these widows, these, women, these godly women of God, these godly women of the church. And you might be thinking, that's, you know, that's, and that's, that's, that's what we want to cultivate in our church, to have the elderly be a, a, an integral part to our community, to be examples of a faith, a, 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 a life that has been fully devoted and given over to the work in the kingdom of God. And if you're a guy and you're thinking, well, that's great for the older women, but how about the, the men, right? How about what happened to the older men of the early church? Well, the expectation is that the elder men would grow to spiritual maturity and become elders and shepherds of the church and deacons of the church. There was no retirement or inactive parishioners for the Lord in the early church. Every stage of life was involved in the community of God. Now, all of that to say, the wisdom and experience of the senior believer is a vital part of the maturation of the, of the younger believers of the church. It's a vital part to the growth of the, of the younger believer and should not be disregarded or looked down upon. For, the old, for, for those who are older in years, for the senior believer, listen, I, I want you to understand that you are very much valued. 
that you do belong, that you are much needed in the life of the church, especially in a, in a, in a church like Plus Life that is very much young. In fact, it, it, we desire and, and we need you to share your life experiences, your testimony and your wisdom with us who are younger in the faith. This is, by the way, we see this in our passage as well. Look at verse 15 of uh, Psalm 50, uh, 71 again with me. Verse 15 says, My mouth will tell of your righteous acts, of your deeds of salvation all the day, for their number is past my knowledge. Going on, verse 16, With the mighty deeds of the Lord God I will come, I will remind them of your righteousness, yours alone. O God, from my youth you have taught me, and I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. So even to old age and gray hairs, O God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation, your power to all those to come. That doesn't sound like an old person just sort of taking a back seat to the church. That doesn't sound like an old person sort of just, you know, just letting the next generation do everything. This is a, an elderly believer taking, taking their life by the reins, so to speak, and, and teaching and discipling the younger generation. There's a sense of teaching. There's a sense of teaching that we hear from this, this passage. There's a responsibility that you have as senior believers of the faith to, part, to, to impart your wisdom, to build in, to edify the church with your experience and your wisdom. So, folks, teach us, right? Teach us how to endure how to persevere, how to pray without ceasing, how to be faithful in giving, in service. Teach us what commitment to a church, to a local body looks like. Teach us the songs of old, the songs that declare the gospel of Jesus Christ that we might not sing anymore, even if it's by, even if it's by Don Moen or whoever else you listen to. Whatever, is, whatever God has grown in your life, whatever he has flourished in your life, in your life experiences, in your walk with him, teach us. And for the young, seek wisdom, seek counsel from the senior believers of the church. Listen, be humble enough to learn, to consider the wealth and knowledge that the previous generation has, has gone through, has, has in store. Right? There's a saying that my my, my Filipino parents always say, and, and I'll just translate it for, for all of you who, who doesn't speak tongues. Um, they always say, you know, we're, 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 you know, you're just getting there. We've, we're already coming back, right? We're, you're just getting there. We're, we're already coming back. There's a wealth of knowledge in the, in the older generation that us younger Believers need to lean into, need to, to dig into. I mean, even King Solomon himself, the, one, the, the wisest man to have ever lived on earth, it says in 1 Kings that he surrounded himself with elder men, old men, to give him wise counsel. You know, after service this, this day, instead of maybe going to your peers and talking to your peers and asking them how their day was. Maybe approach one of the, the senior members of our congregation, of our church. Greet them. Ask them how they're doing. Learn from them. Ask them, from, ask them wise counsel. Next time you're seeking advice, you have, you have, you're, you have members of the, of the faith, older members of the faith to, to lean in from, to ask wisdom from. 
honor them, respect them, show them that they are very much valued even in, in the church today, that they are part of the church today. That's the value of, this, of seniors. Let's talk about the vocation of seniors, the vocation of seniors. First, I, we, I think it's, it's, it's very much necessary in, to, to be clear that being a senior believer is a calling of itself. The Bible says, says, that, says that life is like a vapor in the wind. It's here one moment and gone the next. And that we can only truly hope in the mercies of God, by the graces of God, to even reach a stage of life where we can be considered senior believers. And for those who do, there is a call to, to your life, a call in the season in your life on how to endure and how to persevere in that season. The call there is to remain desperate in faith and to be persistent in worship. That's what we see in our passage. The call to those who are senior in the faith is to be desperate in faith and persistent in worship. We see this desperate in faith. Look at verse 1 to 3 with me and again in our passage. It says, In you, O Lord, do I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me and rescue me. Incline your ear to me and save me. Be to me a rock of refuge and to which I may continually come you have given the command to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. Then in verse 9, he says, Do not cast me off into, in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength is spent. Then in verse 12, he says, O God, be not far from me. O my God, make haste to help me. You hear a sense of desperation in his voice, in his words. All the promises that have been fulfilled by the Lord in your life. And as you recall those it ought to bring you to a place of worship. Look at verse 15 and 16. It says, My mouth will tell you of your righteous acts, of your deeds of salvation all the day, for their number is past my knowledge. With the mighty deeds of the Lord, I will come. I will remind them of your righteousness, yours alone. That is a result of, of recalling what God has done in your life, and a, a, it turns into praise and worship. Verse 22, it says, I will also praise you with the harp for your faithfulness, O my God. I will sing praises to you with the lyre, O holy one of Israel. My lips will shout for joy when I sing praises to you. My soul also, which you have redeemed, and my tongue will talk of your righteous help all the day long. This, this elderly believer, this senior believer, all his life is a life Dedicate to the praise and worship of God. That is a call for all those who would age in the faith. To persist in worship. To, to be desperate in faith and to, be, and to persist in worship, regardless of your years. And this is, again, another area of the church that our sen our, the seniors should excel in, and do excel in, to be examples in worship. You know, I'm, I'm thankful for the, the parents, the elderly here who, who attend Plus Life. And, and you know, I, I really do appreciate you folks for, for coming out every Sunday some, or every Saturday, right? You, you guys are more consistent than some of the young people of the church, right? Even on time, right? Like everybody should, should, should come on time and see how it's oftentimes the parents who are in the chairs first. Like, come on, like, young people, where are you at? You're supposed to be the ones who have the energy, who, who have all the excitement, the passion of the church. 
But, you know, again, it, it's, it's something that we can learn from the, the previous generation. It's something that we can glean from the previous generation, a passion, a commitment to, to, to worshiping God. This is the, the vocation of, that, of this senior season, to continue to be desperate in the, in the faith and to persist in praise and worship, to set an example for those who are younger believers, uh, to set an example in worship, in a lifelong uh, pursuit of worshiping God. Give us an example of how to persevere despite hardship. We, we see too many examples of, of Christians falling away from the faith. Of the apostate believer, it's always on the media, right? So-and-so pastor fell away and, and renounced this and all of that. We need more examples of faithful believers of faithful believers who endured trials and testings throughout all, uh, all the years and still endured to the end. We need more examples of those in our church. Finally, let's talk about the vision for seniors. The vision for seniors. The vision for seniors is, again, as we've been talking about, a, 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 is a lifelong devotion to the kingdom of God. A lifelong devotion to the kingdom of God. Again, it's not, it's, not retiring, uh, it's not retiring at an old or at a young age or, or being financially secure or, or being, being stable in, in, in the home. What we see from Scripture, the vision set in Scripture, is that even the seniors, even those who are elderly, are committed to a lifelong, a lifelong devotion to the kingdom of God. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6 to 8, one of Paul's uh, last letters to the churches. This is elderly Paul in prison writing to, to young Timothy, the next generation. He says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day and not only to me but also to all who have loved his appearing. You know, as mentioned, we can, we can really only hope that God in his mercies and his grace brings us to, these, to the senior years of life. And if we do make it, we can only hope to say that we have faithfully finished the race. That we have faithfully fought the good fight. And that we can truly expect to hear the Savior's words in the next life to say, well done, and good, well done, good and faithful servant. That is what we want to strive for as a church. Regardless of what season you are in right now, the, the goal is to faithfully devote ourselves to God. To, to run the race, to, to fight the good fight. And for those who are in the senior seasons of life, to finish strong. To, whatever, to, to use whatever time you have left in this world for the kingdom of God. And for those who, who, for those who, are, who, are, who are struggling in that season, for those who are struggling in, in, the, in, in the weakness of their body, the frailty of their, their body, of their flesh, and, or maybe even the loneliness that might bring remember where your hope is remember where your hope is it's not in this life it's not in this flesh 
but it's in the Savior and the resurrection that he brings. I love what our passage says here in the midst of, of this elderly believer crying out to the Lord for salvation and asking God to remember him. He says, look at this with me, where his, look, look where his hope is, where his trust is. In verse 20, he says, You have made me see many troubles and calamities. That's a statement of, of God's sovereignty. It's you have brought me through these. You have brought me through these trials and these troubles, these calamities of life. But look where his hope is. And calamities, yet, will he, yet he says, you who have made me see my, many troubles and calamities will revive me again. From the depths of the earth, you will bring me up again. This was written before Christ. Yet here is an old believer with their hope in resurrection life. That even if their body was to, to diminish and give way to death, that the God of their salvation would bring them resurrection life. How much more for us who live on the other side of the cross? How much more for us who have experienced and has heard the gospel and has put our, our, our faith in the resurrected Savior, how much more should we put our hope and trust on the resurrection that our Savior brings? You know, on a, on a sort of a, on a linear, on a sort of a chronological perspective, those who are more senior in the faith, you know that you are more closer, you are closer to home than all of us. You're closer to home, to our Savior, nearer to our Savior than those who are younger, closer to, to walk the streets of gold, to dwell in the presence of, of our Heavenly Father, to meet the lover of our souls. And that thought should bring you joy. That thought should bring you to a place of rejoicing to live the rest of your life in, in, in joy that that is your ultimate destination. And that's, that was Paul's sentiments, right? To the Philippian church, is that to live is Christ, but to die is gain. Despite the pains, despite the, the aches in the body, despite kids going out of the home and or maybe even the burdens that, that remain in senior years, you can still rejoice to have joy, to be filled with joy. And, that's, and, and that, ought to, that ought to be our goal for every single believer. That ought to be the goal for every believer that even as we age, we would remain in the joy and the satisfaction of our Savior that we will be able to meet. So to the elderly of the church, again, I say you are very much valued. You're very much remembered and you're very much loved. This, this psalm of prayer, this psalm of help from this elderly believer in Psalm 71, it's prayer for salvation and for refuge. God does indeed answer God does indeed answer and promise even to the elderly believer in Isaiah 46. He says, Even to your old age, I am he. And to gray hairs, I will carry you. 
I have made and I will bear, I will carry and will save. That's God's answer to the believer who despite the many years of trial and hardship continues to desperately call on the name of the Lord for refuge and help, continues to praise and worship God throughout all the things of life. That is a promise made by God himself to the senior believer that he himself will bring you over. He himself will carry you and save you to the other side. You are not forgotten. At the end of the day, it is Christ himself who guards, who preserves you, who preserves our relationship with him. We know in Hebrews chapter 12, it, it talks about there, there's a great cloud of witnesses. The many saints that have passed away before us. Many saints that we can look to and, and we can see as examples of those who persevered in the faith. Of those who endured, who, who, who until their dying day fought the good fight and ran the race. And the call there in Hebrews 12 is, so then as we know that's happened, as we know that there's a witness, as we know that there's that example set before us, that we are to then run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. The Christian life is a long journey. It starts in the spring of life, in childhood, where children are meant to receive instruction and to be raised in the fear and knowledge of the Lord even at their young age, to be, to be given seeds of the gospel with the hope that it would flourish and, and, and mature into the fruit of salvation. Then from that, it, we, we move on to the stage of youth and adolescence and, and young adults and young professionals, a stage of life where we have so much energy and so much passion to be used for the glory of God and not ourselves. And then from that, we move to adulthood, parenthood, we have these, this great responsibility to steward the lives, the finances, the life that God has given to us. And as we mentioned this morning, the goal for all of that, the end goal for all of that is to finish the race well as an elderly believer. Leaving an example, leaving a legacy of a lifelong devotion to the next generation. But I want to add that regardless of what season of life you might find yourself in, it all starts with being born again. It all starts with being born again. We read about that in John chapter 3. In this great, in this great discourse between Jesus and this Pharisee, this elderly, elderly religious leader, Nicodemus. And Jesus says that you need to be born again if you want to see the kingdom of God. It's to, to recognize, first and foremost, that you are a sinner in need of a Savior and that there is nothing that you can do in this life that can save yourself, that you can do to save yourself. You can save yourself from the wrath of God, from hell the, where sin is punished. It's the call to put your faith in the Savior. Put your faith in Jesus Christ who made a way, who came to this earth, died on the cross, paid for our sins, rose from the grave so that we have the promise of resurrection life. 
so that we can have hope similar to the aged believer that we read about in Psalm 71 who puts their trust and their hope in the power of God to bring them new life even when their body is wasting away. So church, should the, the Lord choose to tarry in his return or his, or his invitation home prolongs? May we all live a life of devotion to him and his bride, the church, in every season of life. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the great examples, Lord, of the faith that you have laid out in your word for us, but also how you have surrounded us with, from our parents to our grandparents to the seniors of our church. We thank you, Lord, that you have been so faithful in their life and that you use them, O oh God, even as an example of your faithfulness to us. And I pray, Father, that we would never disregard that. That we would never take their lives for granted, O oh Lord. But that we would look to our parents, to the, to the elder believer, O oh Lord, and be encouraged and see a tangible example, a tangible demonstration of your grace and faithfulness through their life. And that it be something that we as, those, as, as younger in the faith would strive towards, would seek after, would desire after, to find joy and hope even in the most difficult of circumstances to utter praises and worship for the rest of our lives, for however many years you bless us with in this life. I pray, Father God, if our hearts have been hardened towards these truths, that you would change it, that we would learn to honor and respect those who are senior in the year, in the, in the faith, Lord God. And I pray, Father God, that even as you grow plus life, as you grow our church community, that we would see believers rise up from every season of life, from childhood to, to the youths to, to adulthood to seniors, oh God, every season of life, just believers coming together unified for the gospel of Jesus Christ, for your kingdom here in this world. I pray that you'd help us in this. I pray that for those who are younger, that you would humble us in our thoughts, in our hearts, so that we might seek advice, that we might seek counsel. And I pray, God, for those who are elderly in the faith, that, God, you would help them persevere. God, that you would give them strength, that you would renew them. Just as you say in your, in your word, O Lord, that you would raise them up on eagles' wings and grant them strength, O Lord, to continue running the race, to continue fighting the good fight. That those who might be discouraged, O Lord, 
from their current state or their, how their life has gone through, that God, you would encourage them, that you would remind them that they are very much loved, that they are very much part of your church today still. Lord, help us be a loving community, loving each generation, each life stage that you bring through these doors. And may we all learn and strive, oh God, to live a life that is wholly devoted to you. And have a faith for all seasons, oh God. We pray these things in Jesus, your mighty name. Amen, amen. Thanks for listening. We hope that you were blessed by the sermon today. If you would like to learn about the gospel or know more about our church, please visit pluslifepeople.com. Remember to subscribe for more content. Until next time, stay blessed.